Vicki Vale. Bruce Wayne. And what do you do for a living? <laughs> Lieutenant, is there a six-foot bat in Gotham City? Nice outfit. Given a name to my pain. What are you? I'm Batman. Where did you get those wonderful toys? My life is really complex. Hello, and welcome to Here's Johnny's Reviews, the River Review Podcast, that will slice our dice. Sorry, and dice, or praise and hype a movie. Each and every month there's a theme, and as it's Batman's 80th birthday, I thought I'd cover my favourite superhero, the Dark Knight. Starting with 1989's Batman, through to 2012's Dark Knight Rises, I've already covered Batman Returns and Batman and Robin. Batman v Superman, and of course Justice League, so check my archives. Back to Batman 89, which itself celebrates its 30th birthday this year. The movie that was in development hell for well over 10 years, with a lead that started the whole nerd rage culture, as Michael Keaton was hated because he was thought to be just a comedy actor, Mr. Mom, etc. A star that forced the studio to back up the money truck, which paid out big. In fact, Jackson was paid for Batman Returns and Batman Forever, even though he was nowhere near that bloody set. He also got a chunk of the movie's profit and money from all the toys from all three movies. Everything from the video games, the cereal boxes, the DVDs, the boilers, the lizard discs, the videos, etc, etc. He made A bank! I mean, Jesus, jinkies. I think it was actually the biggest payout for a single actor up until 2003, I believe. Anyway, moving on. Also, this movie had an untest director that was determined to cut the camp out of Batman. Gone is the camp 60s Adam West Batman. Gone is the bright coloured Batsuit. Gone is Robin. In its place is the, quote, dark and serious Batman. With gothic everything. The new black rubber suit, complete with new yellow-backed bat sign. However, is the capture of this movie? Hmm. When you have Nicholson chortling and laughing all the way through the entire movie, or chewing every piece of fucking scenery, is the camp truly out of this movie? Hmm. Of a budget out of control, here we have it. A new Batman for a new generation. With its $35 million budget that ballooned to $48 million, this thing pulled in and unheard of at the time, 411 million and became the biggest movie of 1989. Well, there are many. And a new lease on superhero movies was born. Let's just dive into Batman and put a smile on your face. <laughs> Starring Jack Nicholson, Michael Keaton, Kim Basinger, 
Billy D. Williams, Jack Plant, Michael Goff, Pat Hingle, Jerry Hall and Tracy Walter, directed by Tim Burton. The plot. After his parents' death at the age of eight, Bruce Wayne leaves Gotham City. Years later, he returns as a costumed hero dressed head to on black rubber. He soon starts taking on Gotham's criminal underbelly. Months later, he takes on a goon, Jack Napier, and accidentally drops him in a vat of acid, turning him into the maniac crown prince of crime, the Joker, who has a permagrin on his porcelain white face. Batman tries to stop the supervillain. Uh, the more that ticks off the Joker, so he goes on a PR kick, killing everybody he can get his grubble hands on using smileaks. That forces a smile on your face as you die laughing. Meanwhile, photojournalist Vicky Vale is in Gotham to find out the truth about the Batman. She falls for Bruce Wayne, however, the Joker falls for her. She's in between the Dark Knight and the Joker. Also, the Joker wants to kill her. Thousands of people at Gotham City's 200th birthday. Batman has to stop the insane Joker. However, can he or is indeed Jockham? Jockham? Gotham finished. Find out here. And wow, that was a lot of plot. A little tip here for you. Uh, before I dive into Batman 89, that is, do not listen to the director's commentary. Burton just rambles on and on and on for almost two bloody hours. I mean, uh, I learned precisely nothing from the fucking thing. So the movie opens up on Danny Elfman's theme, iconic Batman theme, as we get extreme close-ups of the Batman sign. After two and a half minutes, we see the busy streets of Gotham City set in Anytime USA. Well, primo, primo, Anytime USA, that is anyway. Hmm. We follow a rich couple and her son leaving the theatre, which we think is Bruce Wayne, but nope, this is a this couple is a Joe Blow nobody. However, uh, they do get mugged as up on a rooftop, because you know all fucking muggers run straight to a rooftop. The two muggers spot the goods, the cash, the credit cards and the jewels. As in the background, we see Batman, played by Michael Keaton of Mr. Mom. Beetlejuice, check my archives, Robocop remake, and Spider-Man Homecoming glide down and quickly take out the muggers. Well, when I say quickly, I mean Batman moves like he's in body molasses. He can barely move in this ridiculous suit. He has to turn his entire torso just to move his bloody head. He can barely kick in his suit, and he can barely fucking move full stop. This suit is a fucking joke. I mean, if Batman gets surrounded by goons, he'd be dead, but no. It is always one-on-one, -on -one because of course it is, because logic. And I wonder if Batman has to do the theatrics of the living bat, because he can barely fucking move in this suit. Anyway, dangling a goon over the top of a rooftop, he gets him to do some PR for him. Uh, we get the infamous, what are you? I'm Batman. Line, oh god, that was terrible. Uh, which in the original script was I Am The Knight, uh, which Keaton changed last minute. Batman drops off the roof and just vanishes, because of course he does. On to an introduction to Harvey Dent, played by Billy D. Williams, of Star Wars fame. Again, check my archives. Who only took a role to play Two-Face. Oh dear, oh dear, sorry about that. And according to the scenes, he only took the role so he could be Batman's first black villain. Oh dear, oh dear. So why did he get by the recasting? Mm, dear. 
Anyway, moving on. As Dent gives a speech about how he will crack down on a crime because he is the new DA, we see Jack Napier, played by Jack Nicholson, of The Shining, check my archives, one of the cuckoo's nest, a few good men, wolf, as good as it gets, and anger management, playing uh, with his deck of cards as he watches it on TV. As his girlfriend Alicia, played by Jerry Hall, warns him if the if his boss Grimson, played by Jack Plans of Tango and Cash, such as like us one and two, finds out about them, then he's finished. Jack being Jack tells her not to bloody well worry. And it's a huge problem I have with this movie. I don't see Jack Nicholson as being a lackey to Jack Plans. I don't get the Joker playing second fiddle to anyone. So why the hell is he a lackey? Or shouldn't he be a criminal underboss? I mean... Plus, why is Alicia with him? He treats her like absolute shit. Then does, quote, art on her before killing her and replacing her with a younger model. What a complete utter arsehole. Plus, he isn't even that much younger than Paul Lance. And moving on. Cut to Lieutenant Eckhard finding the muggers Batman beat up earlier. Oh, yes, and he's played by William Hotkins, or Hotkins, I suppose this fucking name, of, um, what you got to think? Star Wars fan. God, I can't bloody think. He tries to cover up all this up. Unfortunately, newspaper reporter Knox, played by Robert Hall, I walks in and wants to do a huge piece on the Batman. But the police want to keep a lid on it as much as possible because they don't have a vigilante running the streets of Gotham. And indeed copycats. And I'm guessing Batman is only doing this for a few months then because they barely know about him and indeed there is no bat signal. So what the hell? Is this Batman year one? Hmm. Plus there's little to no information on Bruce Wayne himself so he must have came in at least two to three months earlier. I mean, that's kind of weird. Surprise, surprise, Eckerd is on Joker's, or sorry, Jack's payroll. And he's given a huge payoff to set, sorry, to get Dent off the Grissom's back. He pulls a gun. So Jack's number one guy, Bob, played by Tracy Walter of Repo Man, Conan the Destroyer, Young Guns 2, City Slickers, and Aaron Brockovich pulls a gun on a lieutenant. I gotta say, I love Bob. Everywhere the Joker is, Bob is right behind him with a gun in his hand. He's always by his side, and in fact, if he was in the helicopter, maybe the Joker would have been still be a bloody alive, but more on that later. The next morning, the mayor tells Dent and Commissioner Gordon, played by Pat Hingle, of Sutter Impact, Brutus Muggins, Maxwell Drive, coming soon, and the Batman movies, that he wants the city's 200th anniversary party to happen no matter what, even though the city is bankrupt, and this is costing well over $250,000. Okay then. Cut to Knox being mocked as he walks into the newspaper office and spot the Bob Kane Manbat sketch, which was done on a set apparently. Here's an introduction to Vicky Vale, played by Kim Basinger, or Bassinger, what's her fucking name, of Never Seen Ever Again, the unofficial Bond movie, Nine and a Half Weeks, Wayne's World 2, Ella Confidential, Eight Mile, Cellular, The Nice Guys, and Fifty Shades of Movies. She's a photojournalist, hired to take pictures of Batman, Kidding. Actually, she's a fashion, for, uh, a fashion photographer who's hired to take pictures of Batman. What the fuck? 80s? Knox hits on her. Oh, of course it is. Hello, 80s. But she just has none of it and bats him away like a bloody annoying fly. Cut to that night at the Grissom's penthouse as he cracks up that Dent is on his trail about Axis chemicals. Okay, 
And this bit is a little bit hazy here. How does a gangster crime lord have his fingers in illegal chemicals? Or a chemical plant at least? I mean, hmm, kidding. No matter. He sends down Jack to clear out the office of all the papers connected to him. Because, kidding. Moving on. To Wayne Manor. As Bruce Wayne hosts a charity gambling night to raise funds for the 200th anniversary party for the city. Wait, if Gotham City is all but dead with every business pulling out, why is there so many rich people in this fucking party? Again, 80s. Finally, after 20 minutes, we see Bruce Wayne as he shows Vicky Vale and knocks around Wayne Manor. This is also an introduction to Alfred, played by Michael Goff of the Batman movies Sleepy Hall coming soon. Coach Bride and Alice in Wonderland. He follows Bruce around picking up things after him because Bruce apparently hasn't a clue where a fucking pen goes or a glass. Gordon is pulled away to deal with Jack at the Axis chemical plants. Alfred tells Bruce about it, who then watches on CCTV uh, monitors as they have cameras all over the bloody mansion. And that's kind of creepy, is it not? No matter. Cut to Axis Chemicals as Lieutenant Eckerd has a place surrounded by cops. Meanwhile, inside, Jack notices he has been set up as the safe is indeed empty. As the cops open fire on Jack's men, Jack sets the place to blow up by opening all of the valves to maximum. Why does he do that? Batman swoops down to deal with the goons and here Gordon gets a good look at Batman. Therefore, he knows he is a 100% real and not just a rumour. Jack runs for it, only stopping to shoot Eckhard dead. Batman stops Jack from shooting Gordon, with him clean off the ground. He's only stopped by Bob, who pulls a gun on Gordon. Like I said earlier, Joker would have made it if Bob was still around at the end. But no, he has to die. Uh, also, if Batman can lift Joker clean off the ground, how why can't he pull him up with one arm? I mean... Uh, oh dear, where the fuck was I now? Once Jack takes out Eckhart, he tries to shoot Batman, but his bullet is deflected by his gauntlet, and Jack falls into a vat of toxic chemicals, therefore becoming the Joker. As the next night, Vicky Vale has an awkward dinner with Bruce in one of Wade Manor's many, many rooms. They move into the kitchen to finish the meal and get to know each other better. And uh, cut to Jack, weeks later, having botched plastic surgery in a back alley. He becomes the Joker, laughing as he sees his disfigured face in a small hand mirror. Back to a drunk Vicky Vale, being carried into a bedroom by Bruce. Wait, 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 hold on a second here. This is still the same night? How the fuck does Jack get plastic surgery on the same night? I mean, it takes days to get... Oh, whatever. Anyway, as I says, you tried to tell me he get this botched surgery on the same night like he fell into toxic fat of chemicals. Moving on, Joker returns to Grissom to fill him full of bullets and take over with... Why did he get out of me? <laughs> whoop, whoop. <laughs> whoop and chill on that. Is this the best Joker? I'm not so sure. After all, this is Jack Nicholson just playing Jack Nicholson. Also, he spends most of the time laughing, giggling, or chortling. For me, the best Joker is Mark Hamill. Don't at me. But Jack is number two, followed by Ledger. At 3am, Vicky wakes up to see Bruce sleeping upside down. 
get it. He's a bat because... Uh, later that morning, Bruce blows Vicky off. Oh, guess you're shit in bed, in love. Him, dear, dear. Also, what sort of person sleeps with a drunk person on a first date? Shame on you, Bruce. That's a bad bat. Leaving the house, Vicky says goodbye to Alfred, but he tells her they are not going anywhere. Cut to the Joker, taking over as he gathers all the crime bosses in one room, killing the one long gang boss, who says no with an electric hand buzzer from hell, frying a gangster to a sizzling skeleton in a matter of seconds. And how the fuck does that one work? I mean, shouldn't the Joker be getting shot or whatever? In bursts Joker's goons, all with matching outfits. Uh... At the grim and gritty Batman, everybody. I mean, uh, Cesar Romero, eat your fucking heart out. Joker then has Bob a task to follow Knox to find out about the Batman with Bob. You're my number one guy. <laughs> Back to Vicky at the paper as Knox acts all jealous of Bruce. But whatever, mate, move the fuck on. Back to Bruce who lays roses at the spot where his pirates was gunned down. Years later, oh yeah, and Vickyville has followed him taking pictures. Rude. That afternoon, on the steps of City Hall, Joker, dressed as a mine, kills the gang bosses in a brutal gunning down. Well, Joker kills one with a quill, technically, quoting, the pen truly is mightier than the sword. <laughs> It's here Bruce sees Jack Napier is now the Joker. As Joker watches on TV, that Batman is still not his press, so he comes up with a plan to poison everybody with Smilex. Get mm, in! What? Since when was a Joker a fame whore? When was he a chemist and genius? I thought all he cared about was chaos and anarchy. Cut to Vicky, phoning Knox to do some digging on about the spot where Bruce left the roses. Back to the Joker, who is cutting up pictures of men who died at the hands of a CIA nerve gas experiment from the mid-70s. They all died with a grin on their faces. You kidding? So what exactly did Joker do in order to get this chemical shit into the... Oh, whatever. Bob goes in with the pictures of Vicky, and boom, he's in love. Of course he is, because why wouldn't he? That night at X's Axis Chemicals, the Joker puts his plan into action by churning out his Smilex in beauty products. Cut to a newsroom as live on air, a female anchor woman dies laughing and then has her face contorted into the Joker's evil grin. Just then, the Joker's fake advert breaks through transmission with the two dead superhero uh, supermodels, Candy Walker and Amanda Keeler. That's great drag queen news, by the way. He tells them his new product, Smilex, is, quote, guaranteed to put a smile on your face. In fact, you already own these products. <laughs> Again, dark and gritty. Moving away from camp. Okay, then. Love that joker. Bruce gets the police file on Jack, and here he finds out he's a genius with chemicals, science, and art. Okay. Days later... After dozens of deaths, the news report no one knows how or indeed why this is happening. Other fact, the news anchors have messy hair, no makeup and spots on their face because they're too petrified to use the bloody beauty products. Cut to Vicky in a museum waiting for Bruce for their second date. 
But guess what? It's a trap! Because hours later, she's handled a gift box with urgent written on it. Inside is a painter's mask. Ah, seconds later, gas pours into the museum. Minutes later, in dances the Joker to Prince's party man. After dancing around defacing works of art, Joker talks to Vicky, asking her for her pro- portfolio of pictures. He, of course, is interested in the fashion stuff, but the war crimes she shot, because, you know, all great fashion photographers take pictures of dead soldiers. He tells her he is the, quote, world's first fully functioning homicidal artist and he wants her to shoot his, quote, art. Speaking of which, in walks Jerry Hall with a mask on her face. As the Joker says, she's just a sketch. She removes it to show her face has been burned by acid. He then tries to burn Vicky's face with his acid-spewing flower. Just then, Batman smashes through the Skyline to rescue Vicky. And here we have it. Where does he get those wonderful toys? <laughs> As Batman fires a grapple line from his gun to escape. And here is the start of Basinger basically screaming. I swear to God, the last hour is nothing but her just screaming. And or the Joker's laughing. I mean, uh, we get our first look at the Batmobile, which is a modified 1970 Chevrolet Impala. And this is a beast of a car at 21 feet long, for top speed of 341 miles an hour, with Joe-mounted front loaded machine guns and a bomb on each one of the bloody um, hubcaps. This thing is completely bulletproof and bulletproof. If it shoots up, it can also drive itself. Well, it drives itself up if it shoots up, it's bulletproof and whatever. Take that, Adam West. Mm-hmm. And your shark bat repellents. I mean, ugh. Anyway, Vicky and Batman get in and it roars off, complete with jet engine. Like a flame added, that's nice. Eh, hey, how the hell does he keep this thing level? As this thing looks very back heavy. And B, he can barely move in that suit, let alone drive this car at 100 miles an hour. Maybe they think the suit bats. They abandon the car, and seeing Batman running in this suit is utterly fucking ridiculous and hilarious. They run up a blind alley after Batman puts up the shields on the Batmobile. Trapped, Batman fumbles with his utility belt and out comes the bat grapple gun. How in the fuck does that one work? He just fiddles around with the buckle on the, the utility belt and shoop, it comes zooming round. Yet, when he's getting his ass handed to him later on in the scene, there's nothing on the utility fucking belt. Moving on. He fires up as both he and Vicky go up with her screaming all the way. He lets go and falls back down. He dead. I don't give a fuck who's Batman. He dead. He just they glide down. He just falls straight down like a fucking sack of fucking hammers. Where Joker's goons kick the living shit out of him. Uh, Bob, Joker's number one guy, uh, has Batman down and out. So they peel back his mask just as Vicky takes a picture. This awakens Batman as he quickly deals with the goons. I love the fact Batman pulls Indiana Jones and just kicks the show-off guy with the swords one kick in the face and he's KO'd. Uh, once that's all over, he calls Batmobile to where he is. It drives to him and it stops dead after he tells it. Eat your heart out, Google self-drive. Going back to the Batcave, Batman frisks Vicky, taking the camera film from her. Rude. Buy the drink first. He then hands over all his reports he did on the Joker's products. 
using the huge-looking back computer, which is mostly just bloody monitors. I mean, microfiche monitors at that, for crying out loud. The next morning, Vicky awakens from her bedroom. Uh, did he roofie her? Mm. Where she finds he took the film. She gets Batman's reports printed, and the word is out, so Joker is forced into Plan B. Later that night, Bruce shows up at Vicky's apartment to tell her he's Batman. Unfortunately, Joker shows up, shoots him point blank, and just dances off. Because of course it does. And by the way, how the fuck does this uh, photojournalist or, or fashion photographer afford this huge fucking house? I mean... But then, um, as I was saying, Joker shoots Batman with... If a dance with a different pillman like it? Mm, get in. And I'm calling bullshit. No way that cheap metal tray would stop that fucking bullet. Point blank, may I add. Plus, how the fuck did he know what Joker was going to shoot him square in the head or anywhere other than that small little tree was going to protect, like the stomach, kneecap, shoulder, multiple times? I mean, uh, he shoots him once, but just shoot him again and again. And click, empty, you know. Back at newspaper, Vicky tells Knox everything. Also, here he tells her why Bruce left the flowers on a street corner, that his parents, Martha and Thomas Wayne, were gunned down decades earlier in front of young Bruce, aged eight. Back with Bruce in a back cave as Alfred gives him his parents' police file. So now Bruce knows who the Joker actually is, aka Jack Napier. Q. Another broken in broadcast as Joker tells Gotham he's going to give away $20 million at the city's 200th birthday. Also, he wants to fight Batman one-on-one. -on -one. Cut to a flashback of Jack Napier gunning down Bruce's appearance. So it is on, but first, Alfred lets Vicky into the Batcave. Wait, what? She tells him she loves him, but moving on for some reason. Two Batman blowing up Axis chemicals using the two front-mounted machine guns that are fucking stuck in position, therefore cannot shoot straight lines. Yet this thing cuts the fucking garage doors clean off. I mean, still leaving two holes at the or whatever. So the Batman pool is bulletproof and bombproof, yet the Batwing isn't. Oh, I should say, he drives in the car, uh, puts his shields up, drops a bomb, blows up the fucking chemical place, and drives back out again. Except it's not him, it's actually the fucking remote control, but uh, whatever. A Joker, sitting in a Joker copter, yeah, dark and gritty, not sexy's cat, my aunt fucking fanny, mocks Batman as he missed. Cue the Joker's parade, complete with huge balloons and mails of doors, toxic gas, and yet more bloody prints. In swoops Batman in the Batwing. What looks ridiculous. It even has a bat scissors to cut the bones. What? I don't whisper had that, so shh. And what's that you say? Dark and gritty, my aunt fucking Fanny. This ending is rated of Batman 60. 60s rather. Um, I'm surprised it didn't have pow, zap, pop, smack and shit on the screen. I mean, oh my god. He flies down. In the toy, oh sorry, a totally realistic plane, cuts all the bones just as they were gassing the city, but not before vamping on the moon to make the bat signal because uh, Joker just stands there as Batman misses every single fucking bullet and missile and bomb. 
uh, even though he's dead aimed, I mean for no matter, one shot from Joker's huge trouser gun and it blows Batman clean out of the bloody sky. So, let me get it straight here, the Batmobile is 100% bulletproof, bomb-proof, fireproof and self-driving, yet the Batwing crashes at a mere fart. I mean, oh my god. Well, this teeny toy model does anyway. And oh yeah, so much for Batman doesn't kill. He has gunned down Joker's goons willy-nilly. Anyway, with the Batman, sorry, the Batwing totaled, Joker grabs Vicky, dragging her up Gotham Cathedral, radioing for transport for 10, no, make that, sorry, 5 minutes, make that 10 minutes. Okay then, you're trying to tell me Jack Nicholson could have made it up the top of that huge cathedral in under 10 minutes? Bullshit! He was in his fucking 50s, I believe. I mean... Batman gives chase, so Joker drops a bell on him by squishing it with his acid-spitting flower thing. Oh, dear God. Batman then has to deal with Joker's ninjas. Sure, why not? It is finally on! Batman vs Joker. Oh yeah, Joker is dancing with Vicky Vale as Batman deals with the goons. Again, not camp at all. Dark and gritty. Ooh, serious. One punch and Joker is down with You made me! You dropped me into the vet! With Batman returning, You killed my parents! So, who made who? What I don't get is where is Joker's crowbar and or knife? He has no fucking weapons at all. Just a pair of chattering teeth and a false arm. Fuck right off. Batman punches Joker clean off the edge of the building, so he pulls Vicky and Batman over the edge, dancing on their fingers as they hang on for dear life. Still no matter, Batman fires a batline into Joker's feet and then attacks it to a gargoyle. As Joker's helicopter shows up, but he's too heavy to be lifted off and he falls to his death. See, if Bob was there, he would have made sure Joker was in that fucking helicopter before it takes off, but too bad, Joker killed him earlier for reasons. So, Joker dies as he did living, laughing. I mean, uh, sorry, he dies laughing as he did, oh, whatever. Vicky leaves the city and the paper, also the story, is now dead. Knox has left out a girl, or indeed a Pulitzer Prize winning story. Alfred picks up Vicky as Dent shows off the bat signal as up in the city skyline, Batman watches on. So, credits finally roll. That was Batman 89. Nowhere near as dark and as gritty as its reputation has its to be told. I love the city, I love the art design, I love the gothic everything. But Batman can barely move in that rubber suit. Vicky Vale does nothing but scream. The Joker just laughs and dances all throughout this. And Jack Nicholson is just playing Jack Nicholson. The crazy man Jack Nicholson from The Bloody Shining. It pains me to say this as I am a huge Batman fan. But this doesn't live up to the bloody Hype, in fact, this doesn't even hold up as a movie anymore. I'm going to give this thing a 5 out of 10, and that's mostly because of nostalgia. Still, come back next week to see if Val Kilmer is any better as Batman, and rest of the month for the rest of the movies. Also, check out my look at Batman Returns and Batman and Robin in my archives. July is Piranha, August is Alfred Hitchcock movies, September is Stephen King movies, October is House on Haunted Hill movies. So don't forget to like, share, comment, and subscribe. Also follow me on Twitter at Here's a Johnny's A Pod. Or email me with suggestions to Here's Johnny's Reviews at gmail.com. Check out my other superhero franchise podcasts of Superman, Iron Man, Captain America, Blade, and more. Also my solo podcast of Catwoman, Supergirl, Elektra, and many, many more.
a bye. And remember, I watch these movies so you don't have to. Now we're off to dance in a pale moonlight. <laughs> bye. <laughs> Uh, it was more fucking Freddy than Joker, but moving on. <laughs>